What's going on? Welcome into the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salgen here at the Auctioner Sports Performance Center in Metairie. Hope this Monday finds you well and hope everyone had a great St. Patrick's Day weekend, whether you celebrated or not. Hope everyone is safe and hope everyone had a great weekend and is recovered now for another week, whatever you may be doing. Of course, it's busy here um, on airline as the Saints are still in free agency full force as things are going on around here. The new signings that have been reported of course, um, the reports are Max Unger retiring and then the Saints uh, making some moves. Of course, Mario Edwards, um, who we'll hear from in just a little bit. If you uh, missed Caroline and Ashley show on Friday, it's a great one with a lot of great guests, including Will Lutz, Malcolm Brown, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Again, if you missed that, you can go on to NewOrleansSaints.com, the mobile app, or, of course, on iTunes, as there's a lot of good stuff with some of the new players and some players that will be returning like Teddy Bridgewater, so you don't want to miss out on that. And we'll continue to focus in on the Saints this week, including today's show. As I mentioned, new defensive end Mario Edwards will join the program as Caroline Ashley got a chance to catch up with him on Friday. He spent the 2018 season with the New York Giants, selected by the Raiders in the second round of the 2015 NFL Draft out of Florida State. He has 72 career tackles, seven and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, and three passes defended in 45 regular season games. So Mario Edwards along the defensive line, and he'll join us on the program in just a little bit. Also on the program today from the NFL Network is Omar Ruiz. Um, he's we've seen him in New Orleans a bunch covering the Saints and the NFL. He was also at the funeral of Mr. Benson as we have passed the one-year anniversary of Mr. Benson's death. So we'll kind of touch on that a little bit and what that meant to him as he was um, there um, for the funeral and the ceremonies and things like that, the celebration of Mr. Benson's life, as he put it. Um, so we'll talk to him about free agency, um, what the Saints have done so far, what's been going on around the NFL, of course, the craziness involving, you know, the Odell Beckham trade and Antonio Brown trade and what the Cleveland Browns have done. So we'll touch on it all on this Monday, kind of recapping so far what has gone on with the NFL free agency. Of course, the Pelicans now are on the road for two games tonight against the Dallas Mavericks and then Wednesday against the Orlando Magic trying to stop a six-game losing skid as unfortunately two more losses over the homestand on Friday and Saturday night. Friday to the Portland Trailblazers and on Saturday to the Phoenix Suns in overtime a heartbreaking finish as the Pelicans were up by three with seven seconds left and then the Suns were able to after the Pelicans had a five-second violation um, the Suns were able to get the ball back and tie it with a three, and then unfortunately the Pelicans called a timeout without having any timeouts left, which meant the Suns got a technical free throw, free throw, and they lost possession, which meant the Pelicans lost the game again, 136 to 133, and they have dropped six straight. But again, two on the road, only 10 more games to go in this regular season, and it'll be Monday against Dallas, which is tonight, Wednesday against the Orlando Magic, and on uh, Sunday back home for a four-game homestand as they'll welcome in the Houston Rockets. I'll go over all that in uh, at the end of the show here, but I do want to get going with our guests for this week. We have Mario Edwards, new defensive end, that was signed with the Saints last week. Caroline and Ashley will have that. But first, my conversation with Omar Ruiz of the NFL Network. That's yours right now. This is the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. Here's Daniel Sellerson. As mentioned, joining me now from the NFL Network is Omar Ruiz. And uh, Omar, let's just get right to it. It's been a, an interesting free agency across the NFL. But uh, first off, hope things are well with you and everyone. Hey, thank you. Yeah, I mean, the word I describe it is fascinating. 
with free agency just to see you know another step in the process and how these teams are put together and and as we fast forward to January 2020 and that playoff race and and who's going to get to the Super Bowl and all that knowing that the seeds have been planted kind of this past couple weeks it's kind of really fascinating to see how it all plays out yeah it seems like there was a lot of movement in this year's NFL free agency of course some trades as well um is this one of the crazier ones you've seen in a while or does it seem like every year it just keeps bumping up a little bit well, I would say with, with the, arguably the two best receivers in football, certainly two in the top five with Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown getting moved, you'd have to say this was a blockbuster year. But it does seem year in and year out we are seeing a, a larger scale of movement in the NFL, whether that's the trades and, and the fact that we have a lot more analytics involved so, so organizations know uh, you know what, what the value is with draft picks and, and, and versus players, et cetera. Um, but definitely Antonio Brown, which is one that we saw coming, the way he kind of angled from the end of the season on. But but the blockbuster in Odell Beckham Jr. leaving, which we had heard the rumors, but until it finally went down, it was hard to believe that the Giants would move on from him. But but in fact, they did, and, and much to the delight of people in Cleveland. Were you more surprised with the Antonio Brown? I know he was expecting a trade, um, but more were you surprised that he went to the Raiders, or were you more surprised that Odell Beckham Jr. got traded number one, two, he goes to Cleveland? Yeah, I would say Odell Beckham Jr. I still think the fact that they gave him the big contract last year, um, you know, they insisted that they weren't rebuilding and, and they were going to hold on to Eli Manning and, and come hell or high water, he was going to be the face of their franchise still. You know, you would think that they'd, they'd keep a great player like Odell in the mix. So I was surprised, number one, that, that he would go there. And then number two, uh, I would say I wouldn't be surprised that, that Cleveland would be the landing spot given how aggressive they've been since John Dorsey took over. You talk about a team that just one year ago was 0-16 yeah. and planning just to get one win in the 2018 season. And then the land of the player like Odell Beckham Jr. completely overshadowing the fact that their defense got to go a whole heck of a lot better with Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson says a lot about where that organization is headed but but that would definitely be the shocker and then with Antonio going to Oakland I think you know kind of fit everything that he would want the fact that you have Derek Carr a, a promising quarterback who who has been up and down in his career but maybe the fact that he doesn't have a number one dominating receiver uh, you know ha has held him back a little bit and the fact that they're going to Las Vegas and you have the no state income tax there uh, you know, what would be uh, ammunition for his paycheck, certainly. I want to stick with the Cleveland Browns a little bit just because of the moves that they have made this offseason. Now you have weapons in Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., of course, the running game with Nick Chubb, and, of course, Baker Mayfield, at quarterback. Now with A.B. going from Pittsburgh to L.A., are we going to see a little change in the AFC North? I know the Ravens are, are still a big part of it. And of course, we still have the draft to get through as well, so we really don't know that part of it, but... Is there a change coming potentially in the AFC North just based on how well Cleveland's done this offseason? Yeah, I would certainly say that the balance of power has shifted uh, in a major way when you consider Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell having departed the division. And then you have you know, the mass exodus from the Baltimore Ravens' number one ranked defense a year ago. Um, yes, Earl Thomas is there to kind of um, oversee everything on the back end. And as great a player as Earl Thomas is, it's hard to re replicate what you're going to be missing with about four or five of the studs that they lost. So, yeah, certainly the, the position is uh, the Cleveland Browns there for the taking. Um, they still got to prove it on the field, and that's the – I was in Cleveland last week, and, and that was the feeling they all had within the organization that, yes, it's easy to win on paper in the spring, a lot different to do it come fall and, 
and putting it together on training camp, but, but they believe in themselves and, and the organization's united kind of pushing in, in one direction. Yeah, expectations will certainly be high in Cleveland, that's for sure. I'm glad he brought up Le'Veon Bell because I thought his situation, of course, was real interesting last year where he did sit out for the entire season looking for a new contract. He gets it with the New York Jets. Do we, are we going to see a different trend now with players that – do you think we'll see more players go the Le'Veon Bell route? And if so, is there a concern around the NFL that players might do this? I don't think so. No, number one, I think when players look at this move by Le'Veon Bell, they'll see that maybe he got a couple million dollars more in guaranteed money um, holding out of the 2018 season. So I don't know if players will think that that's worth it. And, and number two, Le'Veon Bell is such a special player and if he was only able to command a couple million dollars more, most everyone else will probably take a, a major L in, in the dollars and cents line. And then you look at a player like Antonio Brown, who, you know, really, for lack of a better term, threw a fit to get his way out of Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown is one of the few players, and I think you guys have one in New Orleans there with Michael Thomas, where you can be double covered. It's third and seven. The entire building knows the quarterback is going in that receiver's direction and still be able to make a play. Um, there are very few players like that, not only in today's game, but in the history of the game. Antonio Brown is one of them. And so to have a, spare, a rare special talent like that, um, you know, to make those demands is, is, is only one of those players can get away with. Um, so I, I don't think it's a trend that we'll see, but, but certainly a couple of great test cases on what happens when, A, you sit out, or two, um, you kind of force your way out of the situation. I know we're not done with free agency left. There are still some guys to be signed, and some teams have some things left to do. Um, but out of all the free agency, whether it's a team, I know we talked about Cleveland, whether it's a player or whether it's even a position, is there anything that surprised you the most during this free agency time, again, as far as what a team did or did not do or, or a position that maybe kind of went off the board as far as money is concerned, things like that? What surprised you the most during this time? Well, I would say a couple of things surprised me involving the NFC East where Landon Box who had been Landon Collins had been described as a box safety and and everybody had placed limitations on him then he goes out and breaks the bank in Washington so so good on him and and I think a lot of the uh, factors in play for Landon Collins is the intangibles he brings the leadership and, and locker room presence and not to mention his Pro Bowl type plays since he's been in the NFL and then and then to say that you're not rebuilding and then to trade Odell Beckham, to trade Olivier Vernon. Um, I know they say they have a plan in place there in New York, but that was a little bit surprising. And similarly, uh, when we look at the Raiders, the team that had traded away Khalil Mack, they traded away Amari Cooper, they looked like they were in full rebuilding mode, and then they do the complete opposite. So a couple surprises there, not knowing the direction of these organizations given previous movement. Um, but, you know, the, the bottom line is what, how it all play out in 2019. And like you said, we still have the draft to go. So, you know, let's reserve judgment just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about that. This is just the first part. And teams trying to get their team ready uh, for the 2019 season. Let's go to the uh, New Orleans Saints here, of course, with some of the moves that they made. Obviously, um, surprise with Max Unger announcing his retirement over the weekend. Um, the, the Saints have made some moves overall. What are your thoughts on them? I know they lose out on Mark Ingram. They get Latavius Murray. Um, how are the Saints done in your eyes uh, over the free agency period? Well, the, the Saints, I think, are one of those exceptional teams in the NFL where, where if they're going to get better, they're going to get better incrementally. So they don't need to make you know big splashes or blockbuster-type moves. And the moves that they have, the one I really like is Malcolm Brown coming in from the Patriots. I think he's a very underrated player. 
Um, I think when you look at players that come out of the Patriots system, they go one of two ways. Either one, they're, they're coached up and, and Belichick makes them a lot better than, than maybe they really are, but then they can go the other way. And I think Malcolm Brown might fill in this case where, you know, the, the mantra of do your job and, and, and being gap found and, and being disciplined on defense, you know, might limit, you know, the, the talent that he has. And I think, you know, you put him in a situation where in New Orleans they can let him loose and, and kind of hold the fort down until Sheldon Rankins comes back. I think you might see an exceptional player there in him. And, and you know, for, for the most part, uh, you know, when you have a huge salary like Drew Brees does and, and Mickey Loomis does a great job kind of handling that and, and making sure that the numbers work, they don't have to get phenomenally better. Um, you got to remember that they're still, you know, at, at several positions very young, and those players are only going to get better. Um, as we look forward to 2019, so yeah, I think you know when it's all said and done, the, there's no reason to to expect that the Saints won't be Super Bowl contenders once again. No doubt about that. Let's stick with the NFC South because I feel like it's been pretty quiet as far as free agency is concerned. Hadn't seen much from Atlanta. They did fill some holes on the offensive line and at tight end. Um, the Bucks you haven't really seen a lot of. I know they lose Deshaun Jackson to the to the Eagles, and then Carolina you haven't heard much from. Are you a little bit surprised at how quiet things have gone in the NFC South during this free agency time? Yeah, a little bit. I was surprised that that the Buccaneers let Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys go, you know, especially when you consider Bruce Arians is there now and the prolific passing game he likes to bring about. But I think when you have kind of stud quarterbacks and, and Cam Newton and Matt Ryan and Drew Brees, you're not going to see, you know, roster fluctuation too much. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the teams that, that really, you know, kind of make make these big moves. They're either the ones that have the quarterbacks under the rookie contract or or a quarterback that they don't necessarily believe in, so they need to have, you know, these big-name parts around them. And I don't think that's the case with much of the NFC South. So, you know, just like, you know, I kind of outlined with the Saints, I think you can say the same thing around around the, the Falcons and, and Panthers is that, you know, they, they need to get that organizational depth, that championship depth back. I think that's what they've, they've lost the last couple of years, and I think that's something that, you know, the Saints have had an advantage in that, that their roster is just deeper. And, um, again, that's a credit to, to Mickey and, and Sean Payton there. Um, and, and I think the Falcons and, and Panthers, they need to make those moves that are quiet, you know, that will build the back end of that roster, that will help, you know, when guys get hurt a game or two here and there. Um, and that will help them because, you know, they, they still have that star power and, and they still have all the pieces in place to be contenders once they can get to the playoffs. But, you know, you got to get through that 16-game regular season first. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. I appreciate that. Um, before I let you go here, of course, we are we embarked on the one-year anniversary of Mr. Benson's passing. And I know you were someone that came here to New Orleans um, to go to the funeral and things like that. You were there. Um, more just kind of as we reflect here on one year without him and where the Saints are, just more kind of go back down and see what, what your memories were of that day and just all the support of the, how the city kind of, not rallied, I would say, but you know how the city supported um, Mrs. Benson and, and the Saints during that tough time. Well, yeah, I think it was a, a, a remarkable celebration, really, for the life of Mr. Benson and, and the way what struck me most was the way sort of all walks of life throughout New Orleans came, came together and, and really around the region. You had people, you know, the blue-collar folks that, that came to pay their respects when they, they had the visiting hours at the seminary. And you also had NBA and NFL royalty mm-hmm. uh, there visiting. And, and the fact that, you know, Mrs. Gale was there the entire time. You know, uh, I think it was nine hours one day and maybe eight hours the next day um, during the visiting time that, you know, her grace and, and presence and poise 
you know, I think went a long way um, to, to show, you know, her appreciation for all the people that were, that were, you know, um, paying their respects to Mr. Benson. And, and I was there, you know, shortly after he passed and then I, I came back for the services and, and, you know, obviously it's unfortunate whenever, you know, you're at a funeral and, and someone passes, but, but just to see the celebration, the way New Orleans puts their own spin on, on uh, a celebration of life. And, and that's certainly what it was seeing the second line through the French quarter and, and, um, you know, all the different people from different organizations that, that maybe had worked for the saints and now somewhere else to come back and, and show their respect. I think those are the, the big takeaways I had, you know, the, the, the poise of Mrs. Benson, the, the, the fact that, you know, all walks of life came together in celebration and the fact that it was truly a celebration um, following Mr. Benson's passing is kind of went a long ways in, in, in my memory bank. Yeah, celebration is a great way to describe it. I know everyone here misses him each and every day. That's Omar Ruiz of the NFL Network. We've seen him in New Orleans a bunch. And uh, Omar, I appreciate the time as always and hope to see you soon, my friend. Okay, no problem. Always a pleasure. Anytime. That's great stuff from Omar Ruiz. You can follow him on Twitter, Omar D. Ruiz, a great follow and again covers um, the NFL for the NFL Network. Speaking of the NFL, let's continue on the Saints side on Friday. Uh, Caroline Gonzalez and Ashley Amos had a flurry of Saints players roll through here and get some interviews. Again, as I mentioned in the first segment, you can log on to NewOrleansSaints.com or the mobile app in iTunes to hear what they had to say with Teddy Bridgewater, Will Lutz, and Malcolm Brown. They also caught up with Mario Edwards Jr., the newest defensive end for the New Orleans Saints. Here's that conversation for Friday. Mario, welcome to the Crescent City. How's it been so far? I'm sure you've only been here for a few days or even just one day, but how's your experience been so far? Uh, so far, I've been here for about two days, and definitely uh, I'm enjoying the seafood gumbo a lot, so I'm enjoying myself. So are you a seafood guy? Do you, will you do like the crawfish, the raw oysters, or is that kind of a little too adventurous for you? Seafood guy. I love the seafood, charboard oysters, the crawfish, so I'm pretty much at home now. Love it. So when the Saints came into the mix, um, kind of what was your deciding factor to come come down here to New Orleans? Um, honestly, it was just the fact that uh, this was the first organization that was straightforward with me, mm -hmm. didn't sugarcoat anything, didn't leave any gray areas, told me what my role would be and how, how I could help the team. And um, not only that, but being an hour and 45 minutes away from home definitely helped the decision as well. So Cam Jordan is obviously a big part of the Saints defense. Did you did you know him before? Have you ever met him before? Um, uh, never met him, but I definitely know the name. Definitely know the playmaker that he is. We have to warn you ahead of time before you meet Cam Jordan, you're going to need a lot of like energy drinks and things like that because he is very high strung. You're not going to be able to keep up with him for like probably the first two or three weeks that you know him. Just just a forewarning. Okay, I'm excited. I'm ready for the challenge. Um, what kind of made this defensive line different? Like, what did you see when you've seen the Saints play or uh, things like that 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 separated this defensive line from other ones? Oh, man, this, this defensive line hunts, you know, everybody. And it's not just particularly just one person that's, you know, getting to the quarterback. It's the whole D-line. So that just speaks to the coaching and the players actually taking the coaching. So I knew if I wanted to improve myself that this was the place to come. Have you played in the Superdome before? No, I was supposed to. That was the year I got hurt. 
Uh, well, I, we have to let you know you're in for a treat because it's going to be really loud in there. You're you're on the right side of the ball playing for the Saints because it's going to be really loud. You're not going to be able to hear anything, but uh, this fan base is going to embrace you and love you and uh, just got to warn you for that. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. How are your celebratory skills? You know, I are the defense here really likes to celebrate that, like we were talking about earlier, that 90-yard sprint <laughs> back to the other end zone. Uh, I'm not much of a dancer or anything like that, but uh, I think I can get into it. I think I can pick up on it. You'll learn. (laughs) So you're uh, uh, originally from Denton, Texas? or Originally born in Gautier, Mississippi. Okay. And then you played football in Denton. And -hmm. then, so you're used to the heat. That's not going to be something that's crazy different for you? No, I'm a country boy at heart. And, you know, it's it's fun. I like the heat. And it's better than Jersey being 13 degrees all the time. So (laughs) I'm from Dallas. So I'm just going to let you know that this New Orleans heat doesn't compare to the way it is in Texas. Like, it's hot in Texas, but Mm -hmm. this is like a wet kind of heat uh, and you're you gonna, like a florida heat yeah but okay. like 10 times worse okay. it, especially if you're in pads and things like that it's uh, gonna it's gonna be pretty bad. we were talking so, about earlier all the uh, all the weight you gain from eating the amazing food mm-hmm. you'll lose from sweating it off yeah. yep. um so you know getting the opportunity to play under a defensive coordinator like dennis allen um t- talk about that and it you know what made that attractive to you um it was actually him who sold me. You know, when he came in, he was straightforward, no BS. You know, he cut straight to the chase. Hey, look, this is what you hear. This is how I view you. This is how I think you can help us or things like that. And, you know, no other coach really did that. I mean, he was straightforward, didn't lie to me. So that's what really sold me on that. And um, then when I met the D-line coach, it was over. It was, it was downhill from there. So you were with the Raiders, then with uh, in, got injured, then ended up with the Giants, um, and now you're here. What can Saints fans expect to see from you? Um, just a hardworking guy, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and pass rush. I'm gonna go out there and be disruptive, do everything I can, and whatever the Saints need me to do to contribute, whether that's inside, outside, whatever. I'm ready to contribute and do my thing. Perfect. Mario, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And I, I, as a New Orleanian myself now, we appreciate you joining us. And uh, I know the city is ready to embrace you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Nice job, Caroline and Ashley. Always great to get to know uh, a new player for the New Orleans Saints and hear their thoughts on the city um, that they will be living in for the next year or so, or maybe more. We'll see how it goes. But again, good stuff there um, from Ashley and Caroline. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Again, Pelicans and Mavericks tonight from American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. It's a late one. Not late one, but 7.30 p.m. Central Time. A little rare for a 7.30 start, but that's where we are at in Dallas. I'll have pregame for you at 7 on the New Orleans Pelicans Radio Network. News Talk 99.5 WRNO. Sean Kelly and John the Shazer have the call. And, of course, you can watch on Fox Sports New Orleans. Joel Myers, David Wesley, and Jen Hale will have it for you. Then, Sean will have the Wednesday Black and Blue Report for you from Orlando, Florida, getting ready for Pelicans Magic. And then, of course, you never know who else may step by. And then Caroline and Ashley will take things home on Friday with more NFL talk. And, of course, Pelicans getting ready for the Houston Rockets on Sunday. Thank you all for listening for today's show. Hope you enjoyed it. And until Wednesday, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. The Black and Blue Report presented by CQ.